We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey everybody, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you right after uh, the Dallas Mavericks falling to the Portland Trailblazers, one thirty-four to one thirty-one. <laughs> Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, the, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a really weird spot where I can't get too fired up over this loss because. The weakness, it's how many times can I can we complain about the same things? Like the weaknesses the Mavericks displayed in this game are the same things we've known about since December, January. Like I didn't learn anything new about the Mavericks in this game. So I can't get too upset. Uh I know people are probably pretty mad about the refs and the late call against we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, I I'm I'm that, but I, it's not the reason they lost. It's part no, of why they lost, but it's not yeah. Let's talk about the stuff in their in their control first. Yeah, the free throw stuff is man. That's it's it's got to change. I don't know what else to say. That's you know, we free throws is you make them or you miss them. There's not like there's not a strategy to change. You know, there's nothing we could talk about more than man. They got to make free throws. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Do you, I think you have more ammunition because this was just like a game for me that was like. At a certain point, Lillard's 61-point night, like, it went from, come on, Mavericks, what are you doing? Like, you got to do something. You got to change something up to sometime in the fourth quarter, it shifted to, okay, I don't know. Like, yeah. he's going to he's gonna get it. I don't know what to do. So that's why I feel a little 
deflated in terms like I'm not too fired up about railing the team because uh, as the game went on the game that was just a, a ridiculous game one of the most ridiculous endings to a game I've seen in a long time in terms of just the sheer amount of shot making yeah. and that bounce he got on the three which that I, bounce I, was awesome yeah. I've never it didn't touch the I thought it touched the backboard I've never it seen went that. out of the frame that's yeah. how high the ball bounced it was it was it didn't touch the backboard any- like we've seen Luca do like after the shot crap like that, where it goes out of the frame and goes in. I don't think I've ever seen anything in a game quite like that, particularly at a moment like that. That was really cool. But where we'll start is it, you know, with the things that I think were in the Mavericks control, I think we should start. You missed a lot of the first half. And so the decision to start Trey Burke resulted in the Mavericks having essentially an unguardable high hawk. Yeah. This is my dog. He is, he is pissed <laughs> yeah. about this. Um, essentially being unable to, to, gosh, darn it. She's going to bark at me. Go. <laughs> you know, maybe we leave that in. That's just some top notch content. Yes. Uh, let's, let's start with the stuff that was in the first half where they started trade Burke. And when you start Burke, he's the only bench player who can score. That essentially left like Maxi Kleba coming in and like Kleba can, can hit shots, but he's not a scorer. Uh, and you could see like the, the depth getting exposed almost immediately. Um, Justin Jackson may have, you know, that might be the last time we see him. He missed, he got a layup in the dunker spot and got blocked by a couple of guards. Um, I've been so mean to him at this point. There's no more, like, there's nothing else I can say. He is, He's just not in – he might not be an NBA player is is really kind of what it comes down to. So when when you think about that, that they were so – you know, when, when you look at guys that – like Jackson was a negative 12 in um, eight minutes, and then Boban was a negative seven in seven minutes. And when the Mavericks are forced to go to guys like this, they just can't do anything. They can't do very much. I mean, Wright is such a mixed bag. He He – he's such an interesting player where he'll make like one super dynamic play and then three lackadaisical lazy plays or like just non attacks in a row. It's kind of hard to, to really pinpoint the issue there. Um, I, I, Luca was very sloppy with the ball. He had six turnovers of the Mavericks 17, which was a key contributor there. And then in the fourth quarter, they missed six free throws as a team. And these are the things that are within their control. The turnovers, the free throws and, you know, some of the, you know, shot making to a lesser extent, like it's very challenging to, to, you know, they just have a team filled with guys where you have such top end talent. And then we've said it before. We'll say it again, where the, the mid, the mid level to the back end bench guys, they're just not good enough. And it's not necessarily their fault. Um, It's just kind of the situation they've been put in. And then the other thing I don't understand, and this is the thing I will never understand, is why they let – and they let Dame Lillard get a lot of these shots. Um, they do – you know, the, the way to guard Dame Lillard is to send two guys at him. He is that good. The Mavericks not only played drop coverage on threes, which gave – you know, Porzingis just sort of stood there. And then when Porzingis stepped forward, Lillard just dribbled right past him. And Lillard is a borderline unguardable player. But his size is the thing that works against him. And the Mavericks did not do anything to try to to try to negate that. I've seen plenty of plays where, you know, you get the ball out of the guy's hands and you make the other Blazers beat you. 
60 something points. What is it here? Oh my gosh, 61 points shouldn't happen. Um, and a lot of those were on really good looks from him. I, I that's I think the the part that that frustrates me. I mean, I want to circle back to to some of the the kind of I don't know. I want to call it NBA chicanery in the end, but that's not the reason they lost. It just played a part. And I'm not, you know, the Mavericks are now three and four. Yeah. Three and four in the bubble. Um, they're two, two of their wins came in overtime. One of their wins came against the team trying to lose. This is not a good feeling. Um, I'm still really high on that incredible win the other night, but big you know the the bubble picture this has just not been it's not been good it's really not been good i don't know what to do about that yeah it's i mean it's real tough that they're bent you know man they are so shortchanged even when everyone in the bubble is healthy like they can't like seth being out like we can talk about seth being not great in the bubble but man if they're missing they're already a team that's a little shortchanged with their depth right now. Yeah. If you take away a top seven from their rotation right now, like, man, it's, it's the ripple effect is massive just because like, you know, you start Burke and you kind of have to, because the other is you start Kleba and it's obvious, you know, Rick wants to play Perzingis at the five, which I think is the right call. So he wants to stick to that. So I don't blame him. And, but you just look at the bench and it's, Kleba and Wright are the only guys that got major minutes. And that's really hard. Like Dorian Finney-Smith played 30 minutes and he had to guard Damian Lillard for a lot of them. And he's not like, that's not his thing. That's not what he's supposed to do. That's not the optimal use of him, but he has to do it because what are you going to, you can't leave Trey Burke on him all game. You can't leave Luca on him. You can't leave Hardaway. Like, I think that there's a lot of, warranted frustration with how the Mavericks kind of do things in terms of schematics and thought process that I truly get. And I empathize with, and I understand, but at a certain point you look at it and you look at the roster and the alternatives, I'm just not seeing an alternative that makes such a difference that it's, that we should get so up in arms about scheme and strategy and i know that seems like a real like big cop out because like that's what we're here for we're here to talk we're here to shoot the s about the game and all that stuff but like yeah they should double they should double lillard but portland also has mccollum nurkic and carmelo anthony on the floor and those are all three guys that can make a play with the ball and when you look at how they play the rockets and they go you know that you're like well they do that to harden well the rockets have westbrook and then three get spot up guys that don't like to dribble and Westbrook can't shoot. So you get, it's a little bit easier, easier in quotes to do it because you can give up that space to Westbrook because you're not scared of him shooting threes. And you hopefully you try to scramble and, and you try to force these guys to be uh, off the dribble creators. But with the trailblazers, you know, you double Lillard, you know, Nurkic can, can pass and Anthony can pass and score and McCollum can pass and score. And, you know, Ant Carmelo had an awesome game. He was he looked like I mean, Carmelo, mm, so let's it's be tough. Let's be clear. He had an awesome game because the Mavericks let let Justin Jackson get cooked for 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Um, he took advantage of what they gave him. Yes. And so he he started to feel good because he was playing against a guy who is simply not able to play against him. I and, mean, he even got some good buckets on Finney Smith. Like it, he's he, he did good, yeah, so it was tough. It's just a tough game for, for the, 
it's just tough when the other team's rosters, when they get some big contributions from like the three through six guys, that puts a lot of pressure on the Dallas guys to match. And we've seen in the bubble that it's been a little inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they finally, it's interesting. Should we have, what I've remembered to record a podcast yesterday, just totally brain farted that one. Um, I probably would have to be eating more crow about Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, yeah, I'm calling he, you out. Well, and I mean, he played well in the second yeah. half. With, what with understanding his limitations, he played well. Um, yeah. you guys understand why he doesn't shoot more after seeing that free throw attempt, I hope, because, um, yeah. woo, brother, that was special. Okay, but he knows his know, role, yes, and there's a lot to be said for that because a lot mm-hmm. of NBA guys don't. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's, it's kind of where we are and what, whatever's going on with Seth Curry is very concerning. Um, he looks great on the floor when he plays, but if you're going to miss games like this, when you, when you need to win, that's, that's what I guess I don't understand is are the Mavericks conceding the seven because they've given away games sometimes by accident other times by decision making and they had them they they were in a good position tonight where it's essentially if they went out they had a pretty good chance at making the sixth seed but now they are locked into the seventh seed that is that's official as of where we are right now and i i feel like dallas has conceded a ton in the bubble and it feels a little odd to concede this much and you know, go into the playoffs kind of on a bad note to potentially get waxed. Does that make any sense? Like, I'm a big believer in momentum. I just am. And that just there's a lot of there's a lot of bad vibes around this. Yeah. And then I guess my devil's advocate would be to you about the momentum is you would argue that the team should have had a ton of momentum coming off a port a win against the bucks and then a scrappy win against the jazz with your backups. Like where did that momentum come? Like that momentum screeched to a halt against the blade. Like, I don't know. And just, I agree with you in the, in the sense that like, it seems weird to rest guys in the bubble when they've been off for four months. Uh, but the Seth thing I'm just guessing is more than just rest yeah. because oh, yeah. I am too. there's a, his, there's a history. Like he missed an entire season with, a shin issue and now he's got a vague leg injury which the shin is part of the leg <laughs> so that's the part that worried. like i think if seth felt good to play and they felt good about him his health i think he would have played because yeah. the luca and Kristaps thing and dorian that was obviously like these guys are gassed they're playing 40 minutes a night overtime games uh the seth so like that stuff doesn't bother me the Seth one is like, I think there's more to it than just he needs a breather to get ready for the playoff. Like, you know, like maybe right. it is, but yeah, I think it's more like they're worried about him playing right now in terms and, of his injury. And if he doesn't play in the playoffs, if he misses a game for something like that, that's going to be killer. It's like going to be killer. Yeah. yeah. There's, and it's not, it's not getting talked about enough right now. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be like like that. I'm 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 trying to be only very negative about the things that are within the Mavs control. I know people kind of miss that and think that I'm just an asshole, which I I mean I am, but 
<laughs> some of the stuff that they do where it's you know like playing justin jackson at all is is within their control and that's the stuff i get upset about so it's things like this are more concerning than they are upsetting if if, if we can make that distinction um you that's know fair. i don't want to I don't want to talk too much more about this. They got one more game against Phoenix, which, you know, Phoenix is uh seven and oh Phoenix looks like a team who wants to be in the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not sure how tonight's win affects them, but if the Met, you know, they're, they're going to play Phoenix, I think Thursday, I don't know what time yet. And I'm going to be very interested to That'll see be... what Dallas does. They might just rest everybody because they're kind of locked in. Yeah. Um, It'll, you'll love it. It's three o'clock central time. Is it really? Yes. Ugh. <laughs> i hate having to figure out how to cover these games um bah, bah, bah. oh the last thing the thing that we got to talk about so before we get it out of the way the mavericks committed twenty three fouls to the blazers 31 oh yeah and i've got some people in my mentions right now that are extremely angry about the calls and let's be clear they should be as a general rule because Dame Lillard is is on the floor yelling about respect, give me respect, yada, yada, yada. He's one of the most respected players in the league. He's gotten away with posting a conspiracy video about the coronavirus without having to answer a single question in the bubble about it, uh, whereas a lot of other players have had to answer for some of their terrible um, takes. So the guy got 18 free throws tonight. I would say six of them were probably the kind of questionable things that I, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I think that the way that he is refed is the sort of thing that we're going to hopefully be looking forward to with Luca one day. Luca um, got a couple of non-calls, which just really blew my mind late. And that's, I understand why people are mad. That's definitely a, a feeling in this sort of game where it looks like the Mavericks are, are, are getting worked by, by the refs. Um, yeah, and it's, especially the only... yeah, the last call, especially like that's that's tough. That's oh, tough that call one. against KP was awful. Posting yep. up is apparently because like I the ref said something like I don't think he said hostile act, but he said illegal act. But like you and I are post players. When you run down <laughs> to the post, you initiate contact and spin. Now yep. we maybe should be discussing the merits of Kristaps Porzingis posting up in that situation. Maybe that's a different deal. Um but it was not a foul that was like, if anything, it was a foul on the other guy. And when you're watching it in slow motion, you see KP had his hand, his left hand on the other guy's hip. And that's what they were essentially calling it on. And that's, that's a bad call. It's a bad call. It happens every possession. So Mm -hmm. it's weird to single it out there. Yeah. Uh, And then the Burke, the Burke one is like, I get why they called it. Yeah, I mean, I get, and then I get, and I also get why everyone's mad about it. Yes. It's both ways. It's a weird. Yes. That was a weird play because we got screwed on a very similar offensive foul call to start the year against the Lakers when Dwight Howard was literally holding Seth Curry's jersey as uh, Danny Green hit a three pointer to send the game into overtime. So, you know, the Mavericks have been on on the the butt end of some really rough calls and really frustrating situations, and you know, I'm I'm not sure. This is the year they're going to be getting these sorts of things. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm as frustrated about it as anyone. But before I, this happened to me in the mid 2000s, particularly after the Miami Heat thing, I just kind of made the decision I was not going to be a refs guy. It's not fun. 
like, could you imagine being a Rockets fan like last year, the year before when Harden was really foul hunting? Like, that's just awful. Like, it's not fun to watch that. That fourth quarter was a mess it, until, you know, the, the shot making started. There was like three minutes of just straight free throws. That's not fun. Who wants to watch that? Yeah. You, and you'll drive yourself insane because you can't, you can't control the refs. The team can't, you know, like, it's not something you can be like, oh, well, let's make a, co-, you know, like we could talk about like coaching adjustments and, and lineups and rotations and minutes. Cause that's stuff that will could possibly sure. change ref stuff is like, it's a, it's like going uphill and it's just tough to, to want to argue about if I'm and and you know, if I'm, you know, fan who's who, who tunes in for 60 games a year and I see that awful Carmelo flop pivoted next to the double tech, which was garbage. <laughs> pivoted which then flips to luca getting a tech uh on a drive where he's and one and then misses that free throw like it's a it's a compounding situation where all these things start to work against you or it feels like it's working against the mavericks and and it's very much like that scene and in the replacements where quick they're discussing quicksand a lot Mm -hmm. of that stuff just works against dallas and i i get it i feel it but I'm much more interested in the stuff they can control because those things are why they've lost so many clutch games. Right. And like I said, before we get out of here, um, like the stuff that they, like the missed free throws turn turnovers have been a problem before the roster, some of the roster role player guys, not being up to task. Um, the clutch offense being a little wonky again, like the defense not being there because they maybe have two good defenders on the roster. That's stuff we've been talking about since January. So that's why, like, I don't want to act like that stuff's not an issue to me. It's just tough to keep talking about because it's just kind of is what it is. So to me, the two things I'm actually like taking away from this game that I really care about a lot is, you know, Hardaway Jr. in two games discovering his scoring streak again, which is just, had to see that before the bubble games that before the seeding games ended, like just to see Hardaway jr. Have two consecutive, really good scoring and shooting games uh, is just really nice going into the playoffs. And then Chris stops seven of nine from three. Like if he can get on a three point run here to close the season and go into the playoffs, like that would just be huge because they desperately, desperately need him uh, to hit as many threes as possible. Cause he's going to be getting a lot of open ones with the, the way this lineup works right now. Yeah, and and I, I don't think there's much more to talk about at this point. You know, we'll be back uh, probably after the Phoenix game, depending on how that goes, to at least chat a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'll just say uh, the bulk of this bubble uh, has been very peaks and valleys. Um, yep. And I don't know, just kind of would have expected more. Uh, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We appreciate uh, you guys listening to us and, uh, you know, coming to the site. We got lots of good stuff, and we will uh, hopefully keep the faith. So we will talk to you guys soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.